0: Thank you for checking out our sermon here at Hope Church. We exist to connect people, to live the life of a Jesus follower. And we're excited that you came across this message and are tuning in. Just wanna make you aware of a couple things before we get to the sermon. First, we'd love to connect with you. You can follow us on our social networks by searching at Hope Church LV. Also, be sure to check out our website, hopechurchonline.com. There, you can find out more information about who we are and where we're headed as a church. Once again, thanks for checking out our sermon here at Hope Church. Please let us know if there's any questions you have or any way we can come alongside you and your family. Enjoy the message. Well, we are officially in the Christmas season, and it seems like anywhere you go, the sights and the sounds and the smells of Christmas are upon us, and I want to ask you a question this morning as we start, and it's not a deep theological question, it's a pretty easy question, but I want you to think about it as we begin. What do you love the most about this time of the year? What is it that you love, that you enjoy, that you're excited about when it comes to this time of the year? I brought a few things up here with me this morning to kind of help you think about the answer to that question. For some people, what you love about this time of the year is the decorations. And I've got a little... This is what I put in my office for Christmas decorations. (laughs) But when you think about Christmas, what you love is you love the decorations, you love the the tree or multiple trees, you love the stockings, you love the snowmen, you love the lights. You know, it's interesting now with social media, you can kind of see into the lives of more people because they post pictures all the time, specifically on Instagram. And I follow several people in our church uh, on Instagram, and over the past week or so, It's been a little eye-opening to see their passion for Christmas lights and Christmas trees and those things. When I grew up, usually the day after Thanksgiving, we would bring down all the Christmas decorations from the attic and start to set up. But it was nothing like what I see in the lives of people here. There have been a couple people I wanted to comment on their picture and just say, You need counseling. (laughs) Wow. But when you think about this season, what you love is the decorations. For other people, what you love are the desserts. (laughs) Amen. I would fall in this category, no doubt. Maybe there is a specific cider that you only make or that someone in your family only makes this time of year. Maybe you like the pies or the cakes or the gingerbread or um, the sweets, whatever it might be. But when you think about this season, you've been waiting all year to enjoy certain desserts that are made during this season. For other people, what you enjoy is the entertainment. I stole one of my daughter's DVDs with Rudolph and Frosty and Santa on it. But what you enjoy during this season are maybe the movies that you watch as a family during this time of year, Maybe there is one of the 25 Christmas carols that are played over and over and over again on the radio that you really enjoy. Uh, Maybe there's a certain um, music special that comes on television that you like. Maybe you like the entertainment portion of Christmas parties and being a part of that. Maybe that's what you enjoy during this season of the year. Uh, For others of us, I brought this as a visual, not that I have any clue how to use either one of these. But maybe what you enjoy is the food or the preparation of the food. Maybe there's a meal that you only make during this time of year. Or there are some things that are just in the tradition of your family that you really enjoy as it relates to food. What I really enjoy this time of year is not necessarily round one. I enjoy the leftovers. Because sometimes leftovers taste better than the actual meal, in my opinion. But maybe that's your thing. You really enjoy the food and then lastly maybe what you enjoy is the travel maybe every holiday season you have to fly somewhere and you get to go and reconnect with family members that you don't see a lot maybe you go back to your hometown and you just really enjoy maybe not the airplane flight or driving in the car to that place but you love being there you love going back to your hometown or where your family is to reconnect with them maybe that's what you enjoy About this holiday season. Every year during this season. I'm amazed at the all-consuming nature of some of these things. These things are more intense during this month than any other time of the year. And here's the trap if we're not careful. The trap is we begin to be so consumed with some of these things that we lose sight of the reality that the ultimate pursuit of our lives is knowing Jesus. And so as we began this month, we felt it was appropriate as a teaching team just to take a moment today to acknowledge all of the stuff that's out there. Because it's out there. And it's not wrong to participate in it. It's not wrong to enjoy it. However, I want us to recognize the mistake that many believers make. And that is, during this month every year, we put our personal pursuit of knowing Jesus on hold In order to participate in all these other things that are competing for our time and attention. But I want us to embrace today the reality that our God is incomparable. He is preeminent. He is worthy of all glory, honor, praise, and attention. Every moment of every day of every month throughout the year. Listen to this statement. It's really just a spiritual reality. The more we come to know God, the greater the desire to know him more. He invites us to know him. He desires us to know him. There is no greater pursuit in life. So here's the question that we're going to talk about for a few minutes this morning. How do I remain focused on knowing Jesus in the midst of a busy holiday season? Like, What are some practical applications for us that we can embrace today as we begin this month of December that will allow us as a family of faith to remain focused on pursuing Jesus, on knowing Jesus in the midst of all these things that are taking place. If you have a Bible this morning, would you look with me in the book of Psalms, chapter 42. And I want to read two verses for us this morning. And then we're going to spend a few minutes just unpacking them together as a church family. One of the things that I love about the book of Psalms is the raw honest emotion that's found within this book. I mean, depending on where you're reading in the book of Psalms, one of the writers may be at a place of incredible faith or they may be writing about deep, dark sorrow. That's found all throughout the book of Psalms. From my perspective, the book of Psalms is very relatable because I'm not always living on the mountaintop. Sometimes I'm living in the valley, and there's a lot in the book of Psalms that I'm able to relate to. And the two verses that we're about to read were written um, by a man named David, and he was in a pretty bad place when he was writing these two verses. But I think there is some application within these verses that we can take and apply as we pursue keeping the main thing, the main thing during the month of December. So let's read these two verses together from Psalm chapter 42, starting in verse 1. As the deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come? And appear before God. In our time together this morning, what I want to do is I want to look at two characteristics from the life of David. And I believe both of them are found in these verses. And I want us to talk about how do those characteristics that allowed him to stay focused on pursuing God, how do those characteristics apply to us today In 2016. So here's the first characteristic, I believe, in these verses from the life of David. In the life of David, we see an intentional pursuit of God's presence. An intentional pursuit of God's presence. Verse 1 begins with a visual. So imagine with me that David is standing on the side of a mountain... And he's looking over a desolate valley. And he's just kind of gazing over this valley. And within that desolate valley, there is a dried up riverbed. There's no water there. It's just dried up. And as he's looking at that riverbed, here's what he sees. He sees a deer. And he can tell as he looks at that deer that the deer is breathing heavily. The scripture says the deer was panting. It was heavily breathing. And that deer is looking For water. And he can't find it. And so he continues to search for water. To quench the thirst that is inside of the deer. And as David is looking at this moment, here's what he thinks. He thinks, I have that same characteristic in my soul as it relates to being in God's presence. He says, just as I see this deer... Passionately pursuing water in order to have the deer's thirst quenched. David is saying, in that same way, I have a yearning, I have a longing for God's presence. As you think about your desire for God's presence, can you relate to that at all? You see, David's looking at this deer and he's communicating to us that just as that deer knows of the necessity of water every single day, David says, I understand the necessity of being alone in God's presence every single day. As you think about time alone with God, During this season of the year, but really throughout the year. In your life, is being in His presence a longing or a luxury? And here's what I mean by that. As you think about time alone with your Heavenly Father, is your perspective, I must be alone with God. Or is your perspective, I'll try. Because as we look at the language that David is speaking with here in Psalm 42, David recognized that it was a necessity to intentionally pursue God's presence by spending time alone with Him. Clyde Cranford wrote the book, Because We Love Him. He made this statement. We may see time alone with God as a benefit. But do we see it as a necessity? In truth, it is our lifeline. We may profess that we need that time. But if we let other things take its place, we contradict our words with actions. After all, we always find time. To do the things we really want to do. And in my life this week, as I studied these verses, verse 1 was a real heart check for me. And it allowed me to evaluate my level of passion in terms of pursuing God's presence through time alone with Him. In essence, here's what David is saying. He's saying out of all The time in my day, I must carve out a portion of that time to be alone with God. His language in this verse communicates the intensity of something that is a necessity, not something that should be considered if our schedule allows. Look at this reality. There is no substitute in the life of a believer for time spent alone with Jesus in His Word and prayer. Daily time alone with God is not a priority for the Jesus follower. It is the priority. I love this. If this is not right, nothing else will be right. At Hope... We believe that following Jesus is all about relationships. As you study Jesus' life, you see him and his life revolving around three relationships. A relationship with God, a relationship with other disciples, with God's family, and then a relationship with the world, people who don't know God at all. At Hope, to describe those relationships, we use three words, abide, connect, and share. That's what following Jesus is all about. So the question that we should be asking on a regular basis as followers of Jesus is, how do I deepen those three relationships? Because that's what following Jesus is really all about. Well, we understand at Hope that in order to deepen any relationship, whether it's your spouse or your friends or your children, The only way you deepen relationships is through an investment of time. And so at Hope, we've identified four strategic ways that we can invest our time in order to deepen our relationship with God, our relationship with God's family, the church, and our relationship with people who don't know God at all. And here's how we describe those four times. God time, which we're going to talk about in just a moment. Gather time which is really this environment where we gather weekly for worship. Group time, time invested with our small group community. And then go time, time that we engage cross-culturally in order to cross cultures with the gospel. And really in verse 1, here's what David is bringing to the surface for us that I want us to talk about for just a moment. He's talking about God time. And here's how we define that at HOPE. Time spent daily alone in fellowship with God. Time spent daily alone in fellowship with God. As we talk this morning about an intentional pursuit of God's presence, we believe one of the best ways to cultivate that is through spending time alone with God every single day. And here's why. Here's why this investment of time is so incredibly critical. We believe that everything God desires to do through my life, He will do out of the overflow of what He's doing in my life. We believe that. Whether it's ministry, whether it's loving others, whatever it is, everything God desires to do through us, He will do out of the overflow of what He's doing in us. And that starts with God time. Time spent daily alone in fellowship with God. And what happens during a busy holiday season is we allow other things to creep in and push that time off to the side. But what I want us to recognize this morning is how how that time is absolutely a necessity If we're going to be used by God day in and day out as we go throughout our lives. Now, as you hear a phrase like God time, for some people that can be very, very intimidating. And so I want to take just a moment right now and just share with you what that looks like in my life. Because for a lot of people, they maybe have not heard that before. They're not familiar with it. 95% of the time, every day when I wake up, here's what I do in order to flesh out this principle of God time. I'll find a place that's quiet, where I'm by myself. And on my phone, I have the ability to make folders. And I have a folder that's called God Time. And here's what's in that folder. I have the the app from our church, the Hope Church app, where there is a daily devotional that we send out new every day. And I'm going to talk about that in just a moment. I also have an app there from Blackaby International Ministries, where I can access a devotional from experiencing God day by day. I have the Bible app on there where I can access all of the scriptures. And then I have my Spotify app where I create a playlist of just some songs that warm my heart or stir my heart towards the things of God. And I'll sit down in a quiet place and I'll choose a playlist. And then I'll read a couple of devotionals just to kind of get my heart in the right place. I'll talk to the Lord and say, Lord, I desire for you to speak to me right now as I just spend time alone with you. Would you push aside any distractions that may be just in my mind or in my heart so I can spend this focused time on you? And then I'll move to a place where I read the scriptures. Sometimes that's reading the psalm or proverb that corresponds with the day of the month. Sometimes that's reading a New Testament book or an Old Testament book or both. And I'll just spend time alone with God, reading, listening, praying, just being alone with my Heavenly Father, setting my heart on Him. And then that God time sets the tone for my entire day. And that's what it looks like for me. It's not this unbelievable moment where I push a button and the heavens open up. There's not a chorus of angels that are there every day. It's just me spending time alone with my Heavenly Father. That is how I cultivate this principle of intentionally pursuing God's presence. It may look different for you. You may have some different dynamics that are a part of it. But for me, that's what my God time looks like. So let me ask you a couple questions. Are you prioritizing time alone with God? We see in David's life that there was an intentional pursuit of God's presence. As you think about your walk with God, Are you prioritizing daily time alone with Him? Are you intentionally pursuing God's presence on a daily basis? It's just an honest question between you and the Lord. We're not going to do a survey this morning. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. But I hope even as I share some of those things, if you're in a place where some of these things that are related to the holidays have taken a priority in your life that is above your pursuit of God's presence, that today you would come to a place and say, you know what, that needs to change. And you would ask God to give you the grace in order for that to change. Here are a couple of just practical tips as you think about it. First of all, as you think about your God time during the holiday season and throughout the year. You need to select a time when that's going to happen. You need to pinpoint a time, hey, this is the time during the day that I'm going to be alone with God. For me, that's in the morning. Because I know when I wake up, my mind and my heart are going in a million different directions. And I must set my heart and my focus on Him every single day. Now, as you hear this message today, I'm not telling you to wake up in the morning at 3 a.m., And light a candle and say, I'm going to spend five hours with God. Start with 15 minutes. Start with 30 minutes. It's a first step in order for you to begin to spend time alone with God. Another step I would give you is aim for quality, not quantity. As I just said, don't start with three hours. Start with 15 minutes. Grab a couple of the devotions that I just mentioned. And just let those warm your heart to the things of God. And then spend time in the Word. Spend time communicating with God through prayer. That's God time. A couple of other tips I would give you. Don't stray long from the Gospels. We need to be looking at the life of Jesus as it is recorded in the Gospels. So if you're going to read a book in the Old Testament, go back to the Gospels after that. Don't stray too far from the Gospels. And then lastly, just enjoy God's presence. Your heavenly Father desires to spend time with you more than you desire to spend time with Him. Just be with Him. Enjoy His presence. That's how you and I can intentionally pursue God's presence on a regular basis. A couple of resources I would recommend. On our website, we have a sermon series that we walked through earlier this year called The Life of a Jesus Follower. One of those messages was called God Time. And Pastor Vance, from this stage, unpacked a lot of different principles to help us understand what spending time with God is all about. I'd encourage you to check out that uh, that resource. Also, at our resource center, we have a a lot of devotionals, but one of those devotionals is called the Jesus Follower Devotional. And it's a 42-day journey that you can walk through at any point in the year. And it gives you scripture for that day. It has some devotional thoughts, some ways that you can just get in the word. That might be a great step for you starting today to grab that devotional and just begin spending time with God and intentionally pursuing his presence. So here's the second characteristic that we see in the life. Let me add one more thing to that resource. Um, As I said a moment ago, on our app as a church, Hope Church LV, you can search it. In the App Store, we have an app, and on that app is a God-time devotional. Every day, there's a new devotional on that app. So it's as easy as you downloading that app on your smartphone and using that devotional just to warm your heart to the things of God as you spend time with Him. Here's the second characteristic we see in David's life. A constant awareness of God's presence. Not only did he have an intentional pursuit of God's presence... But he had a constant awareness of God's presence. Two times in these verses, in Psalm 42, David uses a very significant word. He uses the word soul. The word soul means living being, life, all of me. It communicates the totality of everything in my life. David is saying here that the deepest longing in me is for the goodness of my heavenly Father. He says, my soul thirsts for the living God. Now, here's the difference in verse 1 and verse 2. This is so important. In verse 1, David is communicating, out of all the time in my day, I must carve out a portion of that time to be alone with God. That's verse 1. Here's verse 2. In all of my time... I must live with an awareness of God's presence. There's a difference. One is speaking towards time within the day. Verse 2 is speaking about the totality of the day. David is saying, I'm not only pursuing God's presence through carving specific time out along with Him, but as I live my life throughout the day, I have a constant awareness of God's presence. You see, the characteristic he's pointing out here is not just the reality that God is everywhere. We know that from the Scripture. David even said in Psalm 139, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. That's not what David is acknowledging. The principle that David is acknowledging in verse 2 is around his awareness of God's presence and how that awareness changes the way that we view our lives. Now, if you're anything like me, you struggle with spending time alone with God, let's say in the morning, and having a special time with the Lord, and then closing your Bible or turning off the song, walking out into your schedule, and completely living apart from an awareness of God's presence. Maybe I'm the only one. But it's very easy for us, the drift for us as humans is to compartmentalize every aspect of our life. So there's family life, there's work life, there's social life, there's hobbies, there's sports, there's all these different things that we do, and then, oh yeah, there's church, oh yeah, and then there's God. What David is saying in verse 2 is that with my totality, everything about my life, every moment of my day, I'm living with an awareness That God is with me, God is around me, and He is in control. Think about how that changes us. When we're living with an awareness of God's presence, and we encounter a need, or we encounter a tragedy, or we encounter a situation where we don't know what to do, rather than us thinking, it's up to me to deal with these things, I'm aware that my Father is with me. And he can live his life through me to meet that need, to navigate that tragedy, to make this decision. We are to live with an awareness of God's presence every moment of every day. We're to carve out time with him, to spend God time alone with him every day. But in every moment of our lives, we're to live with an awareness of his presence. So let me ask you a couple questions. Are you living with an awareness of God's presence throughout your day? Is it even on your radar that your Father is with you, desiring to live through you every moment of every day? Now, if you're here this morning and you're thinking, Pastor, I'm so far from that, it's embarrassing. Like, I'm not even close. To to living and thinking that way. I want to give you a couple just practical tips, some things to think about this morning as you seek to live your life with an awareness of God's presence. And here's the first just step I would share with you Be honest with the Lord about your struggle. If your struggle is, my schedule is so slammed, thoughts of God are not even on my radar. Be honest with God about that. He's big enough. He can handle it. If your struggle is, I just don't have a hunger right now to pursue the things of God. Be honest with your father about that. Whatever it is, wherever you're struggling, whatever your point of application is this morning, be honest with your father about where you are. Second step I would give you is allow your God time to set the tone for your day. Allow your pursuit of God through time alone with Him. Allow that to set the tone for your entire day. Set your heart on Him early and live with a heart that is fixed on God. Thirdly, ask God to give you a greater awareness of His presence. Ask the Lord for that. Say, Lord, today I don't want to struggle to have thoughts of you and to have you really at the center of my heart. Lord, would you give me grace? Allow me to live with an awareness and a sensitivity to your presence. And then lastly, identify things that will prompt you to talk to the Lord. And this is very practical. My daughter Reagan is 18 months and uh, somehow along this parenting journey, um, she began to think that every time she sits in her high chair it's time to pray. Every time. Uh, It doesn't matter why I'm putting her there. I may just be trying to cage her for a moment. But when she sits in that high chair, it's time to pray. And she won't stop until you pray. The high chair prompts her to pray. What are some things in your life that you can place around you or that you can build into the rhythm of your family that will prompt you to talk to the Lord? And you can be really creative with this. I thought about a few things just because of the Christmas season that you could use in the life of your family or just in your own life personally to prompt you to talk to the Lord. For example, every time during this season when you see the word Christmas, Lord, thank you that you are the reason for this season. When you're shopping, Lord knows a lot of us are going to be shopping. Pray for the person that you're shopping for. Lord, I pray as I buy Travis this incredible gift for Christmas. God, would you use it to draw him to yourself? Uh, when you see a nativity scene, either on television or just as you're going through the city, Lord, thank you for making a way for us to know you. Another one I thought of Christmas lights as you're driving through a neighborhood or when you're somewhere in the community, Lord, I pray that in this specific neighborhood, this community, that you would raise up disciples to be lights for your gospel. What are those things that are just around you that you can leverage that will prompt you just to have conversation with your heavenly Father and live with an awareness of His presence? During this month, every year, A lot of Jesus followers and a lot of churches shift gears into a frantic holiday mode. We've talked about some of those things. Decorations go up. Radio stations churn out the same songs. To-do lists grow. Credit cards get maxed out. Turkeys are stuffed. Gifts are exchanged. Parties are hosted. In the midst of all that, it's not that Jesus is absent. We're just not pursuing his presence. Amid all the distractions. However. The essence of Christmas. What it's really all about. Is Jesus. There's a a story. About a church. In England. Soul Survivor Church. And in the late 1990's. um, The pastor. Just sensed. in, In the worship gatherings. That spiritually the church was just flat that somehow some way they had really drifted from what it was really all about and their worship was more like a concert than heartfelt communion with god and so that pastor he did something pretty bold he said i don't know how long this is going to last but every week as we gather as a church we're going to eliminate the sound system we're going to eliminate the lights. We're going to eliminate the screens. And we're just going to gather as a church with our voices and with our Bibles. That's what we're going to do. And the worship leader at that church, his name was Matt Redman. And he, as he recalls it, he says, There was just a dynamic that was missing during our worship service. So the pastor did a very brave thing. He got rid of all the things that could take our attention off of Jesus. And so for a season in the life of that church, they gathered with their voices and with their Bibles. And as you read stories about the people who were a part of that, they talk about the dynamic that happened when they just stripped everything away. And they remembered that it was really all about Jesus. It changed them. It changed their church. It changed their ministry. And throughout that time period, when it was just voices and Bibles every Sunday, their worship leader, his name's Matt Redman, he wrote a song called The Heart of Worship. And it articulates what happened there in England during this period of time when they just pushed everything away and focused on Jesus. And I've asked Pastor Scott just to sing a portion of that song for us this morning. He's going to sing it, but I'm going to share just a few more thoughts, and we're going to have a time of response. But I want to give you just a moment as Scott sings this song over us, just to be still before the Lord and to recognize that during this season, what it's really all about is Jesus. Jesus. Oh Here's my challenge as we prepare to just have a time of response today. In the midst of the decorations and the desserts and the entertainment and the food and the leftovers and the travel, in the midst of all that, find time within your day to spend time alone with God. Clyde Cranford made this statement in his book, Because We Love Him. For centuries, those who have truly sought to know God intimately have found it imperative to set aside time in each day to focus their attention and affections on Him. As we spend devotional time in the Word and in prayer, God is pleased to commune with us And to reveal more of who He is, little by little. The second challenge I would have for you is that throughout your day, live with an awareness of God's presence. Find time within the day to be alone with God. But then in the totality of your day, Live with an awareness of God's presence. A.W. Tozer said this, We are called to an everlasting preoccupation with God. May this month be different for us. Let's enjoy all the things that come with the tradition of Christmas. But may the ultimate pursuit for us Be knowing Jesus. Amen. Let me invite you to bow your head this morning. We're going to take a few moments now before we finish our service. and Just respond to what God is doing in us and around us. And I don't know how God's speaking to you today. Maybe today was just a reminder for you. You are carving out time every day to be alone with God, and you're living with an awareness of His presence. And if that's the case, then I hope today has just been edifying for you and a reminder and an encouragement of what it's all about. For others of us, this may be something that we're not really tracking on, and today was an eye-opener. And you need to take this time of response just to be honest with God about where you are to acknowledge your need, to carve out time with him every day and to live with an awareness of his presence. For other people, you may be here and you know that you don't even have a relationship with God. I want you to know this. God loves you passionately. And he made a way where there was no way by sending his son Jesus to the earth. That's what Christmas is all about. And Jesus lived on the earth for 33 years. A perfect life. He never sinned. And he went to the cross on our behalf. As the perfect sacrifice for sin. And all of the wrath and punishment for sin was poured out on him. And he was killed. But three days later, by the power of God, he was raised to life. And now Jesus Christ stands inviting us to put our faith in his life and his finished work. And he says, if you put your faith in me, I will reconcile you to God the Father. And you can experience eternal life. If you need Jesus today, we stand in just a moment. We're going to have some pastors here at the front. And we would love to connect you with a counselor who can share with you how you can be born again into a relationship with God these are moments not to step out or slip out early these are moments for us to respond to our heavenly father as he speaks into our lives so Lord these are your moments I pray as we sing this song as we worship together as we listen God would you move among us would you draw us closer would you draw us deeper would you change us God pray these things in Jesus' name.